0: Are you looking for the perfect rehydration drink to support your active lifestyle? Well, my friends, look no further than Hoist. Hoist is there for you whether you're going to use it pre-workout, in the middle of your workout, in between sets, after workout, maybe if you're traveling, if you feel that dehydration headache sneaking up on you, or maybe if you just had a late night the night before and you need to reset and get back after it. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with half the sugar and no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial preservatives, sweeteners, or dyes, Hoist is BPA-free, it's kosher, and most importantly, it's made in the USA, baby. We all use Hoist, and I can't speak highly of it enough. Whether I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm out doing tactical operations, or I'm in the gym trying to make sure that I'm harder to kill, Hoist is always there to support me. With five delicious flavors you can pick up at your local grocery store or gas station, I love the dragon fruit, but you can try the orange, watermelon, peach mango, or strawberry lemonade. Hoist knows that you don't do normal things and you might be out in the wilderness on a hunt or you might be on a long ruck. Well, they hear you and they've also got three delicious powder packs that you can mix in water anytime you want it. Peach mango, grape, and that fruit punch is that hitter for those packets. So go check them out. If you need IV level hydration for your normal every day-to-day activity or if you're trying to get after it working two workouts a day, Hoist is there to support you. Go check them out. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. Uh, Once again, we have a uh, returning guest. We really appreciate you joining us, SimSaf Bass. Uh, SimSaf number 19. So round two. It's been a year, a little over a year since you joined us last. Appreciate you coming on again.
2: I am so excited to spend some time with you guys peaches um Aaron very good to see you as well last time though I was in my own house at the office in the house and so it was a little bit different a little bit more relaxed now I'm here at the Pentagon so you guys get to see the office here we can we can show the office here at the Pentagon anyway <laughs> lots of, lots of work to do here but very excited to spend some time with y'all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Well, we were kind of rapping a little bit beforehand about not actually rapping, but you know, chit chatting, if you will, a little bit about um, standards. And I think that like I didn't want to waste that kind of conversation uh, with just the three of us because I think it's important for a lot of our our listeners, uh, either airmen that are already in or future airmen to understand why standards are so important to us. So um, you had some really good points on it. So I want to kick it over to you chief to, to start talking about standards right off the bat. Yeah.
2: So it's interesting. I don't think um, a trip goes by that I'm not flying back. By the way, with my team, and when we fly back, you know, we we have common practice where we um, debrief, right? We debrief every visit, we debrief every trip. You know, what went well, what didn't, what are our takeaways, what's our homework, how can we really get after it for our airmen? But there's probably not a trip that goes by that we don't talk about standards, and and in particular, right? If you could see, if you could be with us on the C21, you know, it normally plays out where I'm looking at Diamond One, and I'm like do we teach standards anymore you know and 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 he's like we do chief you know we got 1-1 we teach it bmt tech training you know and i say that in jest you know but but i think it's something that all all of us have to own right this isn't you know when it comes to standards this isn't um, hey commander has to enforce right or 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 the first sergeant or somebody right like we all have to hold ourselves accountable to the standards and we all know what they are you know, whether that's, you know, functionally related or whether that's just, you know, um, related to, you know, Air Force standards, um, discipline, dress and appearance, all of those things, we all have to own that. And and we know what right looks like. And so um, I think we need to get better with that. Um, And I think you know, I don't like to compare our service with any other one because I'm a proud airman and, and I love being United States airman. But I will tell you, you know, we can sometimes take a page out of somebody else's playbook when it comes to enforcing standards. And, and this is... The dialogue I also have with my old husband, and you guys know, like Ron served 27 years in the United States Army, retired as an Army First Sergeant. And sometimes, you know, he's dogging us out as airmen. He's like, you know, you guys need to, you know, get better at on-the-spot corrections and and being able to provide those on-the-spot corrections and not take it personal, you know, because we've got to be faithful in the small things in order to be you know, given bigger things, and so um, I would offer we've got some work to do when it comes to holding ourselves accountable and being able to provide on the spot corrections and not wait for somebody else to come by and address it.
1: I, yeah, I, Well said. Um, it's uh, Aaron. Do you have anything on that, real quick? As I as I gather my thoughts.
0: Just an agreement, to be honest with you. And the spot corrections is a big thing for me. And I always, you know, as I'm giving standards and expectations to my teams, you know, at the flight level and now as as the soup is one of the things that I say, it's it's become an ism of mine is don't make me fix your problem. If this problem presents itself at my level, we have, we're missing four levels in between there. You know, we're missing the the person that should be able to correct himself. We're missing that person's buddy, that wingman, that battle buddy that's next to him that should be able to go, Hey, you're messed up. You got to fix yourself right now. Then you're missing that NCO somewhere in the middle that should be able to walk by and see this problem happening. And, and by the time it gets to the senior NCO level, like that's not just a problem. That's a sickness, right? Like that's a bunch of yeah. symptoms that are now together. Um, so it's good to hear, you know, it's good to hear you at your level, chief, talking about that stuff because we talk about it in the team room. I, I look at everybody and one of the first thing I say is, hey, first line supervisors, you know, staff sergeants, to fives. Don't let something become my problem don't let this become a me problem because this is really an us problem that we need to figure out. That's how you have a healthy culture.
2: Yeah. And don't pass your problem along, right? Like we don't just, we don't PCS people to your point on and pass the problem along. Like we've got to handle it, which, you know, I, I hear loud and clear out, you know, y- y'all know me. I, I love to keep an ear to the ground. And what I hear and what I've seen for myself growing up is right. You see sometimes the opposite. And you see how people don't address their their problem and they just push it out, even within, you know, different formations of our own service. Right. You see sometimes perhaps what we might think is a disparity Man, I can't worry about what somebody else is not doing. Right. Again, we can only control. We can control and we have to focus on what we have control over. I can't fix, you know, all of the Air Force's challenges on why people aren't holding their folks accountable. But but we can't address, you know, what
1: we control. Yeah. And you've mentioned one thing about the, uh, not taking it personally either. Like it's, it's not personal when I, if we have to do a spot correction, it's like, it's, it's literally a spot correction. And then it's, it's gone out of my brain. I'm not thinking about it again. Um, you know, and, and that airman or whoever that is, that is getting a spot correction shouldn't dwell on it either. Like it's, we've already forgotten about it. We've already moved on. There are bigger things to worry about. It's, it's almost that broken window theory kind of going along. And then you're, Aaron, you're right. Like uh, it shouldn't get to, to our level. Right. And it, it definitely shouldn't get to the SimSaf, SimSAF level. Right. But um, you know, one of the, one of the discussion points and Aaron, you brought it up in, in the team room, right. Is with the aspect war pipeline in general, like, you know, there has been a lot of tumultuous talk uh, about the standards in our pipeline. And are they required? Uh, Do they need to change? Should they change? And especially, you know, we have, uh, there's a lot of evolving things going on within our pipeline. So that's actually a really hot topic. So when you said, when you started right off the bat talking about standards, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what our, our community wants to hear and ensure that we are maintaining the standards. And I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to add to that.
2: Hey, You're about to like pull a thousand strings. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I just
0: love- a simple question for the chief. This
2: is organic. You know, I was at an event um, recently where it was focused on um, underrepresented groups and minorities. Um, and in fact, you know, it was a minority who asked the question and said, hey, chief, we want your thoughts on standards. Specifically, um, you know, when it comes to providing opportunity and or um, experience or, or um, promotion or whatever it is, right? Like, do you, you know, how do you think diversity fits into that? And they were talking about diversity of demographics. We can talk a little bit about diversity later if y'all want, because I definitely have some thoughts on it. And I think that we probably have, you know, are overthinking diversity, right? Like, because it's not just demographics. But anyway, in this case, they were like, hey, do we promote somebody, you know, do we promote somebody in the sense of they they get an opportunity based on demographics? And I said, absolutely not. Right. We are a meritocracy. And I, you know, and at the end of the day, if I ever knew that, like, I got picked for an award or an opportunity, a school promotion, whatever it is, because I'm a female and because I'm Asian. Right. Like that's that is not what we do. We get picked because we've earned it right at based off of our merit. Like this is the United States military. We are you know, we're a meritocracy, you know, we are a profession of arms. And so first and foremost that, but we're an organization that values the diversity of the force. And that diversity may be demographic, the diversity may be experiences, the diversity may be cognitive, all of those things matter. Um, And when we can decide, you know, how to diversify an organization, you know, with the cognitive experiences and the demographic, and you can optimize your warfighting skills, that's what wins, right? You know, so so there's not a magic number either, right? Like, I, I actually don't appreciate when they're like, hey, you know, we need to have X amount of women, right? No, what, what makes your organization better, right? Like, and let's figure that out, and then let's figure out what it needs to be. But we can't forsake an, an opportunity Everybody deserves an opportunity,
1: right? It should be, you know, equal opportunity, not equal outcome. And yeah. I think that's what makes America great, like is a melting pot of, of different people, right? It, it's everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. And when you have a melting pot of people, like everybody can play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and pick up that slack. We shouldn't be going after a certain demographic. We shouldn't be going after a certain uh, number. We need this number of of whoever, right? It should be, be, hey, it's it's all based off of merit.
2: Yeah, but I will say again, you know, I, I don't want what we're saying to get misconstrued. I think we have to provide those opportunities. We can't make any opportunities harder, right? We have to provide those opportunities because diversity makes us better. I'm so glad that back in 1996 that I was provided an opportunity to be able to get selected, um, you know, after I went through kind of the interview piece, but being able to get selected to the 24th Special Tactics Squadron, I was the first female and operations there, right? And they didn't make it easy on me. Like, I mean, I was like, I, matter of fact, during the interview process, I was like, what in the hell am I getting into? I'm to just go back to like <laughs> records and work, right? Like, but um, but I'm so glad that I had an opportunity. That's all I needed. And then with that opportunity, I was like, you know, when I got into ops, I'm like, man, they needed me. Like they, you know, they need, they needed that diverse thought. The diverse, um, you know, the diversity in who I was, my upbringing, to help just change and 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 bring a different flavor to help optimize the effectiveness of ops in there. So, yeah.
1: hundred oh, percent.
2: And,
0: and yeah, that's and- one of the
1: things. Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron, go for it.
0: Well, yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, you bring up the 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 best example of how it is that you can really open that aperture up when you start bringing in you know, the CMS folks, when you start having, you know, diversity in career fields, when you have diversity in life experiences, you have, you have people that no kidding, think completely differently than you do. And it helps you solve a problem you didn't know you had. So yeah. I think people people get wrapped around the axle. And maybe, maybe it's because, you know, the, the world we live in forces us to pick a side right away, right? And you have to be all into that side. And it, it's hard to think and speak with nuance. But when you yeah. start talking about diversity, everybody always in, good on you for saying, Hey, it doesn't equal demographics. It equals, yeah. you know, differences in AFSCs and life experience and
2: absolutely, you know,
0: people that you grow up or, you know, just, just what you've seen. I, I don't know how many times I've been lucky enough to have, you know, a radio troop walk up to me and go, Hey, I know you guys are working this tactical problem, but have you ever thought about fixing it this way? And, and I hadn't, and, and it, it bettered me for that experience.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a great example.
1: Yeah. Well, We'll, uh, we'll shift from, from, from talking about standards. Cause this could be, uh, an all day discussion. This is an all day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and let's Chief, go- ha- Chief actually has people that, uh, like need her to be at work. Peaches and I, yeah, yeah. not so much. Like we have, we
1: have things we got to get through. This people don't is- really want us around. <laughs> hey, this
2: is good. I actually do have, like, they keep my stuff tight, but I'll tell you again, like, this is good. This is work. This is us having some like real dialogue real talk um, to a community who does so much for United States Air Force and to our nation that anything that we can do, if there's one thing said on your podcast, right, that, that can help make somebody better or that they can say, hey, I actually disagree and here's why, right? Like, dialogue is dialogue. I actually love any kind of dialogue. You know, it helps us again um, as a whole. So this is, this is work and this is good work. I get to hang out and spend some time with you
1: guys. Would you, uh, would you say it's almost airman's time? (laughs) I mean, how about that transition, huh?
0: Look at that transition. Peaches, you're so good at this.
2: (laughs) That, that was a phenomenal transition. It absolutely is. Like, you know, uh, I'll tell you, I appreciate you bringing that up, Peaches, because you know, again, we're kind of in this, you know, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. You you know, me and the boss push out a message or a memo that is prescriptive. And everybody's like, oh, you know, they said it's got to be Thursday for two hours. And then right. we put one out that just gives intent, leadership intent. And people are like, we don't know what to do. Like, we wish they would have told us two hours a week. And we're like, absolutely not. This is called leadership. Um, but 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 let me share a little bit about kind of some of you know the discussions for Airman's time before it even came out. Again, you guys heard it before, right? I'm married to an army guy, so I'm having dinner with um, the Browns, uh, myself and and Ron, and we were talking about you know um, some of the challenges that some of our airmen are having based on the communities that they're in and how there really isn't enough time. Um, so we here to be able to just connect genuinely connect and do things that they did. You know, when I joined our Air Force, you know, over 29 years ago, you just, you, it was pretty normal practice to have somebody put their arm around you and just connect and mentor and guide. And, and by the way, they mentored before it became a weird word, right? Now it's now it's just awkward, but it was just what you did. Um, fast forward to now, we have some communities that still do that, right? Like my first airman's time Twenty-four Special Tactics Squadron, we used to muster all the time. We'd come together, you PT, you muster up, you know what everybody's doing, and you roll out. Like, that was airman's time. I took that with me when I went to, you know, flight records at Ramstein. I, I used to put on the, the, we had a weekly schedule, and on the whiteboard, I'd put every Friday 1,500 group hug. Like, we were going to get together and just talk. Um, sometimes we talked about what we're doing that weekend. Sometimes we talked about training. Sometimes we talked about how can we, you know, have better TTPs, whatever it is, um, career training, whatever it is, we just set aside time. And oh, by the way, you don't have to shut your doors either. We didn't ever shut our doors, you know, and, and, and tell you guys, Hey, we can't take your jump record or your flight record. Right. Like <laughs> We still, you can still do those things within your formation. You just have to figure it out. But. In any case, you can't be there as a team and you can't have unit cohesion if you never just take a X and actually have some airman's time. Um, and airman's time might also be that, hey, I actually have a cajillion CBTs to do, right? Like, so as an NCO, I probably need to just take care of that so that I can focus on the other things that I need to do. You know, whatever it is, um, we gave some right and left boundaries. And, and, and are encouraging our, our NCOs, our CGOs, FGOs, like they've got to figure out what that is in their formations.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And Chief Bass, I love how you started that off because I'll tell you what, there's only two things we hate in the military chief. It's the status quo and any change. So I'm glad that you found a good spot in between there. now. Um, and, and, you know, some communities do. We we inherently understand this. And I'm glad that you brought up that reflection from your time at the two four. But it's the same exact thing with us. We're like, oh, airman's time. We read that memo in, inside of the spec community. meeting. We we're like, oh, yeah, no, we got that. Yeah, this is me pulling you aside after a training event. This is, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to debrief. What I want everybody to do is, you know, hey, the beer light's on. You're going to grab your single beverage of choice. We're going to end this Friday on a, on a good note as a squadron, as a culture, as a community. We know what airman's time is. So for us, we inherently understood it. So it was funny watching people that would, you know, that kind of had that initial, let's call it resistance this isn't a normal ones ready podcast, so I can't say what I normally would about how I feel about <laughs> you know, those, those people that are resistant to that change. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, people people miss the forest for the trees on this one. This is intrusive leadership. This is getting back to what a tribe is. This is getting back to, to taking that young airman as a staff sergeant saying, hey, clip into me. I'm going to show you the kind of the ropes on this one and, and we're going to walk through. So some communities totally got it. And then some communities are, are a little bit lagging. But what I'm yeah. hearing from you is this is just an opportunity. You're providing the space. You're providing that top cover for those people to lead how you want. You're not telling anybody to lead a specific way. You're saying, hey, here's the top cover. What are you doing? I'm doing airman's time. It's Chief Bass Initiative. This is how we're going to go forward. Like, this is something that I want to do to make myself and my organization better. I think if people looked at it like that, it would be a little bit better, um, you know, for them at least.
2: I I agree. And some of the memo was really that top cover you're talking about for myself and the chief of staff to remind our leaders, right? Our, our wing group squadron leaders to make sure they provide those opportunities for their folks. That's all it is, right? If you look at the army, they have a thing called sergeant's time. That is part of their battle rhythm. Um, You know, one Thursday a month or whenever it is, but it's also in their training, you know, um, uh, calendar. So so again, how leaders want to do it, it's providing top cover for leaders to encourage airmen's time at the lowest level. Hey, I will tell you, I was having um, breakfast with some junior airmen out at Ellsworth last week. And that we talked about this there. And they were like, hey, we actually love the concept of airman's time, but we don't think that everybody, right, kind of knows how to do it. And so they feel like, It's a bunch of old people trying to just like share stories of 1990. Right. And I said, (laughs) I said, here's the beauty of that. I said, this is airman's time. I said, you should be sharing with your supervisors. Hey, we love this, but we actually kind of want to talk about this. Right. Like, tell us you don't want to hear the stories from 1990s or 2000s. Right. Like, but this is this is. You know, just time together. I said, so you need to take that back to your NCO and say, hey, we'd actually like to talk about X, Y, and Z. And then I told, talk to them about how I'm a big fan of reverse, reverse mentoring. I actually learn more spending time with our more junior troops than I do sometimes, you know, anybody else. I just want to get their feedback and their thought process, which then well, leads to generational, um, you know, the, the differences of generations that are
1: serving. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, <laughs> it, it bothers me and I, and I know it bothers Aaron cause we've talked about it numerous times, like the, the generational gap and how people are like, Oh, this new generation. But if you actually take the time to sit down and speak with them, they're, they're smarter than we were uh, generally more physically fit than we were. Um, and they, they know, or they have, They have solutions to problems that we are so stuck in our ways and oh well that's the way it's always been done. That if we actually just take a step back and 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 almost hands off, like, dude, you got a way to solve this? Go for it. That I mean, things will be better. Like we've got to get out of this mentality of like oh this new generation because they're fantastic. They really are. We just got to get out of their way. And that's the biggest thing is like when I ask them, how, how how can I help you? How can I do that? Really, I just want them to say, just, just get out of my way and let me succeed. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: and provide and, and, them and provide them the tools that they need. I think I'll, I'll be honest, Peaches, that's probably sometimes the most challenging part of leadership, you know, especially kind of where we are right now at this inflection point. Um, our airmen are ready to get after it. But because of some challenges that we don't 100% control, it's really tough to be able to provide all, you know, our airmen, like, here's all the tools that you need to succeed, right? Like, um, Joe Bass does not control this budget that we get, you know, in, in the military. <laughs> like, I, I, I know people think that I do, right? Like, when, when we have to make some tough decisions on budget, right, they're like, oh, you know, General Brown, Chief Bass, they don't care. No, we care. We have to make some tough decisions, but you know, we fundamentally feel like our roles as leaders is to give them the things that they need to succeed, like basic internet that works, right, and <laughs> and and, a, and an AFNET that works, and a computer system that works. Like, like it pains me to hear when I when I talk to our airmen coming out of cyber training at tech training, right? Like, and and how woefully behind we are like that those are basic necessities that we owe our airmen so just know that when when you say when you when you're saying like they just want us to give them what we need what they need and get out <laughs> of and 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 as a leader it frustrates us sometimes when we aren't able to do that because of things outside of our control. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So, Chief, what are are there some things that are going on in the background, maybe increases in housing allowance? Are there some other inventive programs that we're, we're moving some things around in order to kind of combat that? Because the world is crazy, right? I don't know if you do you have a news app on your phone. Do you look at the news <laughs> any given day? Because, Chief, stuff is wild at this time. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it, got, it gets wild like every day, like every day I wake up and I'm like, what, what's about to happen? Like today, what
0: happened today? I I look at my my the announcements on my phone, and some days I'm like I could never I could never imagine that I could never if I wrote that ten years ago, you would have me committed. You'd be like Aaron, it's time to come off jump status. I don't know where you're getting these crazy ideas, but it's just it's daily now, um, and it's just the weirdest thing. And you, know, I know that you know we all feel it as a force. We feel it, and some of us that are a little bit older, we've seen we've had you know a couple reps at dealing with wacky things before we're a little bit, you know, more even keel, but you can definitely see the impact, you know, E5 and below of just the world, you know, and they're involved in a very scary time. So, you know, are are we doing anything as a force to kind of circle the wagons a little bit and and give some breathing room to those people? Okay. We
2: are. That's why, you know, I talk about, again, control what you can control, Um, be aggressive with what we can control and, and, and demanding and assertive, And then for all those other things, we have to be aggressively influential on the things that we don't control. And so when I say that, what I mean is like as a service, there are certain levers that we can pull that can hopefully help our airmen and their um, families. Like that is of our concern all the time. The challenge is the things that are happening right now that are impacting our families the most inflation, food costs, gas prices, housing costs. We can't control that as a Department of Defense, nor can we can control it as a service. And it's gut-wrenching, right? Like every single person in our nation is impacted by this. But the message that I'm sharing with our um, elected officials is, and anybody who will listen to me, our community partners, our elected officials is, but your service members are impacted more. Um, because they don't have choice when we tag them to move like Peaches, you just moved, right? Like who knows, you know, if you were able to find a place or not. And, and I'm hearing all of these stories about our airmen who are putting in applications fees for rentals and they don't get those re- application fees back you know, and they're just spending a ton of money on that and they're being outbid for homes and and we don't have enough homes on base and, and TLE costs and TLF costs. I mean, it is just um, challenging. So what can we control as a service? There are some things. And so we have um, made some adjustments to TLE length, you know, allowing um, at the appropriate level, our commanders to be able to extend TLE because people are not going to be able to find a house typically in the 10 days or however long that they have. And so we're granting those authorities. The other thing that we did is for those who are able to get a place on base, you should never, if you have to stay on base, let's say, um, you know, however long you stay, you you will have a prorated amount of your BAH. You should never come out paying more than your BAH in TLF costs for PCS. And so we've made those adjustments. If your base is still having those challenges, I need you to run that up the flagpole to the the A1. But that is one of the things. Um, Things that we are aggressively influencing and pursuing is a complete change to the way we assess BAH, COLA, OHA, all of those things you know we have an old draconian model of you know take a survey every one or two years and 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 make adjustments it's 2022 we have the ability to use artificial intelligence and other things to be able to maybe do a quarterly assessment and again right it's easy for me to kind of point fingers at, at folks outside of the service and and But I and I appreciate what they do, but it's 2022 and we need to have a better way to be able to assess that stuff. So we're pushing hard on that. That will that's kind of the 200 meter target to help fix the overall. The 50 meter target is how do we provide some relief today for those who are PCSing today? So we are pushing for a relook of BAH. We are absolutely um, taking a look at what is going on with COLA, the loss of COLA at some of our locations in USAFE and and PACAF, and and we're trying to make an influence there because, again, those those COLA surveys were done last fall, last year timeframe, and, and they're about to go in effect one June. A lot has happened between fall and June. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're trying to look at can we get increases in BAS? Can we get increases here? So, we're looking at that, I will tell you, like it's easier said than done. When we start talking about increases, we're talking about not just increases for airmen, we're talking about increases for every service member under the DOD, that is that is huge, right? And to some degree, the, the challenge that OSD has is trying to not make knee-jerk reactions that, you know, and, and oh, by the way, the DOD doesn't have this budget that just never ends, so this is like these are big world problems that, that we're trying to get after, but we're trying to get after the things that we can control. I will tell you the other thing, the one important thing, um, you have to escalate up the chain of command if you are having big time issues, because we can also push um, and slide PCS R and LTDs. Like that should be probably the last resort, but guess what? I would rather slide a, or slip a rnltd Ltd than for an airman to be coming out of their pocket, thousands of dollars that they can't afford.
1: Yep. That's, that's yeah. great to hear. And I, one of the programs that I'm, I'm dealing with right. Well, I say dealing with right now since I just PCS is the exceptional family member program. You know, when I had PCS from McDill air force base in, um, 2020 it was a different program it would take six weeks to get your clearance and that kind of stuff but now that we've switched to this new program i mean it's it's um the timeline is extended significantly and i and i'm not sure if you're tracking or not but the timeline is extended significantly and i just learned this but they are basing everything off of the report no later than date versus what the report date is so I had submitted my application um, or the yeah, the application for the process, but it hadn't even been submitted yet because they were going off of my July. What was my July report later than versus my actual report date, which was May. So it, yeah, the, the team um, and I won't mention their name, but the, the EFMP coordinator at AFPC really helped me out. Plus the one here at Nellis. So kudos to them. But at, but at the same time, like is there anything being done because there's there's a lot of exceptional family member airmen uh, in our force.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that they were able to help you out peaches, right? Um, and I know like everybody's a good American so everybody's trying to but I need a, I need everybody to help out every airman. And so that's 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 where I get to. Um, there are a lot of things being done um, to help that centralized cell, That we believe, you know, at some point we'll be better off being centralized. So last September, they were not centralized. A lot of work fell on the member, um, the EFMP family themselves and everybody else. They centralized everything into one cell at AFPC so that 90% of the work ended up being put on that cell and 10% on the member themselves. They are also what was the challenge last year and even still impacting us now is they changed in a different system in September and, and because of a change of system, because of a change of processes, like it just piled up where all of a sudden you're, you're backlogged. Right. And so starting in probably December timeframe when the warning orders came out, um, I mean, we were like, there's a huge problem here. So what did we do? We started to fund them with overhire so that they can start to chip at this backlog that they have. Right now, that cell has about 60 people. That seems like a lot, but a lot of them are doctors, nurses, um, and, and, and assignment handlers, if you will. And none of this is easy. So about 10% of the force is EFMP families. Those EFMP families, um, it's not a one size fits all, right? Like they all have different things. So, um, I was the EFMP family because my daughter had speech classes, right? And so I had to, you know, try to get the speech person, you know, to say like, my daughter can go to Germany. It's not going to be a big deal, right? Like, so, but that was, that was some things that they had there, but then you have a family member who might have four dependents and their four dependents see four different providers off base those things clog things up so it's extremely challenging the work that they're doing down there I actually went and saw them last week by the way and i spent time looking at the assignment handlers and so what i would at- share with like all of our airmen like don't beat the assignment handlers up right they are they are the ones who take the heat um but they're not making the decisions right these are either medical or educational you know folks that are SMEs that are having to make these decisions. They've, they've they've got a triage program that's supposed to be better, but I'm hearing it's not. So I appreciate the feedback because I need to hear this. The triage program is easy, easy FMP issues, a little bit more challenging, super challenging. Those easy ones should be breezing through. Like if you are an easy, like that should be fairly quick. Um, they're going to get after it. They owe me some things based on our discussions last week. Again, we're deeply concerned about it because it's just a ripple effect. If you don't get your um clearance for your family i mean it it causes just a ripple effect it, to include the hardship so we've got a lot of work to do still
1: awesome and i really appreciate all, that you guys are working on that
0: i yeah. i appreciate that you just sold out whatever EFMP team you're talking to to the sim staff on the podcast like that's my favorite part of that whole thing hey, I, did, hey I made it
1: i made it a good sandwich i said hey they did great things they really <laughs> helped me out i wasn't going to dime anybody out in terms of their name but like they really did do a good job they I, I brought the issue up to them and they were like, Hey, got it, man. We will. this is why it hadn't been submitted yet. Cause we yeah. do it. They, they explained the process to me. I was like, great, but yeah. here's the situation. They're like, we got you. We'll, we'll, we'll knock it out. And I'm like, yeah, but you're right. seth like that is, they're all good airmen. They're good Americans that just want, they just want to help. And, and I hate it because, you know, I I'm out processing at, at JBLM and uh, I go to my final out and they're like, Hey, man, you ain't cleared. You ain't leaving. I was like, well, the moving truck just pulled out. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got good news and I, and I, and and I got I feel, bad news.
1: I feel bad for it. I won't say her first name, but um, uh, Sergeant Goodwin, like she she is in the trenches just yeah. taking spears. And, and for me, and you could tell she came out and she's like, chief, um, I got bad news. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. We'll work through it. We'll work yeah. through it, but I can't imagine like, you know, no. there's somebody in there that's just giving it to her. And I, it's like, ugh, I hate that for them.
2: Pe- people are giving it to her. Here's what I'll tell you. Remember, you know, I always talk about leadership and leadership responsibilities. Not everybody's going to be able to get squared away like peaches. Right. So, right. you know, for our senior airmen, staff surgeons, tech surgeons who feel like they don't have any advocacy again, your squadron leadership team helps work for you. Like when I was a squadron SEL, if I knew I had in, you know, somebody that was challenged with this and they didn't share it with me, I'd actually be pretty upset, right? Like, let me help work for you. So take those challenges that you're having Give it to your SCL, give it to your first sergeant, let them reach out to AFPC. You can certainly do that to yourself as, you know, any airman can do that. But if you feel like you're just getting the runaround, you need some assistance, take that up your chain of command. That's what Mm -hmm. your chain of command is supposed to do.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it seems weird to focus on these things, but, you know, from your, you know, 29 years in now and, you know, chief. Chief Peaches, you're, you, you've been in, you know, 22 or 23 at this point. We understand that these things inherently affect the the no kidding tactical level, right? We have conflict in Ukraine uh, right now that's going on. We thought we were going to have a little bit of break after we got out of Afghanistan. That's just not the, that's not the case. So, Chief, I wanted to ask you, you know, looking at the forward operating environment and what we're going to ask our multi-capable airmen to do. How, how, how dynamic do you think that environment is? I think I already know the answer on this one. Cause I, yeah. I can feel it too, but what are yeah. some things from your level that you're really like, like, this is a warning sign and we need to get after it.
1: Yeah.
2: So many, I, I, I honestly wish I had a GoPro on me and you all could see the sense of urgency that is here in this building that I work in Um, more than ever before. You know, you've, you hear senior leaders talk about it and and they're serious when they say we are at an inflection point in history um, that we really have to be thoughtful of why we wear our nation's cloth more than ever. You know, like 29 years ago, I tell people all the time, you know, I came in, get my GI Bill and roll out. Right. It wasn't that serious. Today, every single airman that wears this uniform. Right. Like like it's got to mean something. And and. That doesn't mean you have to serve 20 years. If you're serving four years, six years, eight years, doesn't matter. You've got to take this serious because we're at an inflection point where we have strategic competitors who, quite frankly, want to kick our ass. And we have to be, we have to, we, everybody has to know that. The community that, that probably listens to your podcast is already tracking that. But I'll tell you, as, as we go up in classification on, on what our adversaries capabilities are, like it gets worse. You know, and it can be depressing as hell, which is why there is a sense of urgency in this building to make sure that we can be the Air Force that our nation needs when called upon. No other service, with the exception of Space Force, is every service dependent on to be able to execute their missions. Right. Like you can't do anything without air. And so to that point. We also have to appreciate that future warfare will never look like it did in the past. If we think it's going to look like Band of Brothers, right, like that is that is pretty unlikely. And oh, by the way, as our adversaries have been paying attention to us and watching us for the past 30 years, they're never going to fight a fair fight ever. And so, you know, I tell people all the time they're not interested in beating the United States Air Force like they're interested in beating the nation. And if they can do that, especially without expending a bullet, they win. And so this thing called information and, and cyber and space, you know, those domains are domains that we cannot lose in. Um, I mean, you know, if we lose in cyber, like we lose period, we can't even generate air power. If we lose in space, we lose period. If we lose in information and, and, and I'll tell you information is probably most concerning to me because that's hearts and minds. That's, you know, belief, that, uh, you know, that is applicable to all Americans. Um, I, I'm concerned about those things. But I'll tell you, MCA, you bring up um, multi-capable airmen. I will tell you that, it, you know, one, like my team sends me the memes. Like, I think they're pretty hilarious. <laughs> they're,
0: they're funny. They're oh, funny. Fantastic. Right?
2: I'll share them sometimes. Yeah. If you see a meme <laughs> out there, it's because I was like, I want to share this. Like, it's pretty dumb. So... Um, <laughs> We are So yes, today.
0: everybody. Chief Chief Fast sees the memes. That doesn't mean make more. It means get better at making your memes. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, Chief, yeah. I, Chief I just had to get that one for. Her.
2: Yeah, don't make more unless they're good. So, um, you know, but, <laughs> but but here here's the deal. We're making multi-capable airmen way too complicated. If you are special operations, you're probably multi-capable. If you have worked in a CRG or a CRW, you are multi-capable. If you are a guard or reservist, you are multi-capable. It is more about mindset than it is about checking a block. When I was a one Charlie, again, two, four STS, one Charlie, dude, I was doing like two T work as a one Charlie. I remember picking you guys up out of a lake like on yep. a boat, right? Like yep. that is not, that's not what one Charlie's do, you know, but no. you do whatever you need to do. And so when, as we've been wargaming this, by the way, that's what they do in this building. As they're, as they're, you know, as they're looking at, you know, 2030, 2035, 2040, how do we make sure our joint forces prepared for any of that? What it, what we came back with is we've got to have agile combat employment. It's, it's a, Um, scheme of maneuver that cannot be lost on us. And we need to be able to roll out in small team concepts. And oh, by the way, we're not going to have the luxury of being able to take 200 people with us. So how do we get after that? And that's really kind of the foundation of where we're going.
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of get stuck with these these monikers, right? When we talk about, you know, airman's time, multi-capable, we... (laughs) Our, our mind goes ahead and puts a kind of a structure on it instead of like opening it up. It can be, it can be all kinds of stuff. And we've, we've already been doing the MCA stuff for, for years now. And some yeah. jobs, you nailed it. Some jobs are inherently that way. Uh, I do yeah. think that we, we, as Americans, we have a, we think in four, four year increments, you know, typically with administrations and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, our competitors that are out there, they're thinking hundred year game, like very, very long-term. Um, and so we've got to, we've got to get past that, that four year increments that, that our minds are just in because, um, we can't really, we're almost starting and stopping things as we're going instead of like, Hey, this is something I'm going to work. I may not see the benefits of that, but that, but it's okay because it's, it benefits the force and it benefits the nation as a, as a whole.
2: Agree. Agree. Hey, since you brought up a hundred year game, hopefully you know, most of your audience has already read 100-Year Marathon, right? Like phenomenal book that will really kind of give a strong foundation of the things that are going on in, in China and the, and the PRC. But I would encourage anybody to read that book. Um, I, I tell our airmen all the time, like everybody needs to know this, right? China's laid down. What what's at stake. And they basically told us 2049, they're going to take their rightful stand as a world dominant power because they're tired of living in a century of humiliation. Every airman needs to understand that. What they also need to understand is if you talk to your intel folks, they'll probably tell you they're about 15 to 20 years ahead of time. So if you do the math, we're talking 2029, like we need airmen to understand that, which again, gets back to the information, cyber space domains, that I'm extremely concerned about, especially information. So I love that you're using your platform to push out good, to put, you know, to educate um, the force, because that's important. There is more that binds us together than apart.
0: Absolutely. And speaking specifically to those people that are getting ready to come in, that are going to put on that cloth of their nation, Chief Bass, if you could build that multi-capable airman, if you could talk directly to that 18-year-old right now, and you say, hey, these are the traits I want you to have. This is what I want you to be to come in because this is who we're going to need 20 years from now and not just today. What does that person look like to you?
2: Um, I think that person is persistent, innovative, um, a critical thinker, um, somebody who can communicate well, verbally, um, you know, written, digitally, all of those things. Um, and a person who is open-minded and values the strengths of their teammates.
0: Easy. Walk off. Yeah. It's like you had that prepared chief. Good job. (laughs) I I did
2: it. I was like, I was looking for notes. I'm like, crap. I should have stuff like this written down somewhere. I don't, I didn't have
1: anything. That's right, because we didn't give it to you to read ahead either. We it's didn't. Okay, put that yeah, that in. was.
0: I'm sure I'll have to talk to your staff after this, but I've been yeah. talked to before. You know what I mean? So it's
1: all good. It's all You've been good. chewed out before. Believe me, I've been right. chewed out before. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, that, doesn't, that doesn't stop where you're at. Just so you know. <laughs> thank goodness. No, good. I'm, I'm waiting for it now. I can just check in the Nellis, and you know, now that I'm good to go, I'll check in the Nellis, and I'm sure I'll get my ass chewed for something.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, you know, we, one of the questions that I, Tr- Trent couldn't make it, he's, his wife just redeployed. Um, so they're, they're reintegrating and that kind of stuff, which is great. So we're giving him that off time for right now. But, um, one of the things that he wanted to ask is, is he wanted to know if you were actually secretly having, uh, meetings with the E4 mafia, because the E4 mafia is one of the the strongest organizations within the air force. And uh, and also some of the most innovative folks as well. So are you having like secret E4 mafia meetings uh, at your time at the Pentagon?
2: So if I told you, Trent, then it wouldn't be a secret. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that she tells the special reconnaissance guy like that's not how yeah, secrets yeah. work, Trent. This is fantastic. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, I, but I'll tell you, right, like it's no secret that I'm a big fan of reverse mentoring. Yeah. Um, I'm also pretty old school right I feel like you can learn from anybody I mean when I say like I love to learn from our most junior people but I'm also not too proud to ever learn from our most senior people and so I reach out to former chief master sergeants of the Air Force because I want to get their counsel I want to understand the historicals and why decisions were made Um, but I reach out to everybody and I think you know that's that's a sign of a, you know, strong leader when you're willing to say, hey, like, let me understand all the information and then let's make some decisions. So, yeah. So I can't tell you, Trent, but um, just know that I, I value the opinions of those those.
1: Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, Chief, we want to be respectful of your time, uh, Know that you have many, many other meetings uh, on a Monday morning. So really appreciate you joining us. For everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time, Chief. Awesome.
2: Thank you. Thanks
0: Thank for
1: you. having me on.